Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back with another fantastic episode. And this one is near and dear to our hearts. So we're pretty excited about it. I think this is the first Disney movie we saw together. That could be true. I think that's very true. It's 2012. So yeah. It is Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, that we saw in the theater together. I think we saw it all. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe we hadn't watched any. I mean, maybe. Point. I don't know. But I remember definitely remember seeing this. Um, listeners, this one. So Robin Hood is Did definitely my. Did we say what it is? Wreck-It Ralph, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Robin Hood is definitely my favorite Disney film. But I am going to get weirdly emotional with this film because it. It is the most like, Ryan, we made a film specifically for you. I don't think it's weird to get emotional for this film. It has a lot of themes that I think people can identify with and relate to. I think, well, I mean, you saw, you came in and I was watching like a making of and I was already starting to tear up. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, you know, the story of a big galoot who has a hard time with his anger issues and breaks stuff and then kind of learns his place in the world and how to be effective. And, you know, it's, he has like a existential crisis of why can't I be the hero of the story? And it's like, yeah. well, you can be the hero of your own story mm-hmm. in, 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 in a way. Um, gosh, I just love this, this movie and I'm so excited to talk about it today. So let's, let's get started. Yeah. So, uh, it was nominated for one Oscar and that was best animated feature, but brave one. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people I was reading when it came out assumed it was a Pixar movie, I think, because of how it looked, even though the Pixar movie was Brave. Well, I think part of it is also, well, Brave had a little bit of a, a different style than some of the other Pixar stuff. Yeah. And also, this is Toy Story for video games. That's very true. So I'm, and and they, they say that in the... Like in the making of someone's like, we Mm -hmm. wanted it to feel like Toy Story. And it's funny to me because I would love to see like a crossover. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is what happens in video games is if someone leaves a toy around and it can interact with them like on the screen and stuff, but they Mm -hmm. can't like connect. Yeah. Um, Top three movies that year uh, going backwards are The Dark Knight Rises, Skyfall. So there's our James Mm -hmm. Bond and The Avengers. So this is when movies start making a bazillion you know we're now in the of avengers making 1.5 billion dollars and yeah, we're off absurd. to the races of movies making so much money now yeah it got a 87 percent on rotten tomatoes and i think a 72 on metacritic i was trying to find it mm-hmm. um i think that's what i read uh one of the things that i liked about this which we now we talked about how it was kind of rare uh, for this to happen and nowadays it's pretty common but all the principal actors regularly record it together in the same room and so that oh. led it led to lots of improvising i read huh that's interesting the b-roll i saw was them individually, individually. Recording. but it was interesting because they were in the same room with the director who was reading the other line so i don't know if that was yeah, set up maybe, so maybe that was maybe they did it a couple different ways i'm not sure yeah uh early production they wanted to keep all the characters in their native graphic quality so ralph would look 8-bit 
the entire time I read. Mm -hmm. But they realized kind of early in production, I think only a couple months in, that it was too difficult because they couldn't really make him look sympathetic or lovable in that style. Well, let me back up a little bit before then, because one of the earliest scripts for this was actually focusing on Fix's Felix, was the protagonist. I read that, that he was the main character, yeah. Ralph was a bad guy named, if I can look it up real quick, Wendell Grubble. Oh, interesting. And he lived in the garbage pile and he threw garbage at, at, Felix, at Felix and they started doing it. They go, well, this is a more interesting character to really get into him. Now, I've seen stuff before of early concepts of Wreck-It Ralph that I think might have even been before this where he was like this big monster with like bowling ball hands and mm. like he was this weird creature and I, I, I love his design. Yeah, I had read that the director was asked to work on, so to go back he was asked to work on a project that had been floating around Disney for a while. And so Disney first began developing a world of video game characters in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And the project was called High Score. Mm. And then in the 90s, they called it Joe Jump. And then in the 2000s, when it finally pushed forward, it focused on what you're talking about, right. Felix, as the main character. And apparently, I read that the director was asked how he was involved or how the story came to be, something like that. And at first, he was like, well, I don't really know how to tell a story about video game characters because they do the same thing every day. And then he was like, well, what if they don't want to do the same thing every day? What if they want to be something more? And yeah. so that's kind of where Which this idea was born of kind of Ralph's journey in is the movie. A, is a very pixar concept yeah and it's also a very yeah it's a pixar concept and also something that's very relatable so that's why i was Mm -hmm. saying earlier when you said weirdly emotional i think a lot of folks could become emotional to this story because it's the idea that you're pigeonholed into a job or a task or a whatever every single day but maybe that's not what you what you want to be doing with your life or you have dreams or aspirations to do other things, right? And not to jump ahead, but I think that's what takes this from just video game, Toy Story, to a wonderful, wonderful, Mm -hmm. relatable thing where where, where the bad guy, they do such a good job. You know, like there's, he's not an ant. I mean, he's kind of an anti-hero, but he's like, he's a hero who is, his job is to be a bad guy. Yeah. And it's just interesting to find that out. Can I back up a little bit? I want to talk about what you were saying with the different styles. Mm -hmm. Because this movie takes place primarily in like, honestly, four different locations. There's the real world. Yeah. There's Fix-It Felix. Yeah, Nice Land. Yeah, that's what they're called, Nice Landers. I couldn't remember what they're called. Um, The Sugar Rush and then the Hero's Duty. And Game Central Station, I guess, is kind of an in-betweener. Well, Game Central Station is they could not figure out how to like, how do they move around? And there was one, uh, the the director goes, at one point we had Felix had found a mystical portal in his toilet. And then that (laughs) idea was abandoned for being very stupid. Yeah. Um, But so they're all, they were were living in New York and he's walking around Grand Central Station and they were like, well, what if this is it? And that's why Game Central Station became that. But one of the things they did is they had very, they had, there was a lot of art direction into each location, specifically the three gaming locations, and each of them had a primary shape. Mm. So if you look around Niceland, the Nicelander apartments, there's a lot of things that are square, like eight bits, like, you know, mm-hmm. the little like pixels. So like the bushes are all square. When mm-hmm. Ralph punches the the um 
bricks to make his bed, like the the dust comes up in little square things. Mm. The characters don't move diagonally. They only move up and down oh, and left and right. And, and Felix kind of does both a little bit, but Ralph just moves like a regular person to yeah. point out that he doesn't really fit in there. Mm-hmm. The hero's duty is all triangles um, and big pointy spikes. Now, some of that is coming in from us going from pixels to polygons in game development. Oh, okay. But it's also just this jagged thing. And there's, and then the last one is, gosh, I don't think I got the Sugar Rush one because it did such interesting, the actual shape there. Um, but that's a different one too. All the all the concept art for all of them, the the Nice Land stuff looks like video games. Mm-hmm. Heroes Duty looks like stuff I've seen at companies I've worked at and video game companies. It's like very hyper realistic mm-hmm. and like it does not look like a Disney movie. Like if a I lot of you time, like a lot of times in the trailers when video games are coming out, that kind of that yes. kind of art. Yeah. And then the last the the Sugar Rush looked like Mary Blair art. And they oh, went back to old 2D animation and Disney stuff to make it look like that. Mm-hmm. They they used Pinocchio, Alice in Wonderland as reference. Oh, okay. And it's it's just amazing. I would I I will try and get all three versions of the 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 like it's obvious they went to different artists for all those, and I think that's interesting yeah. to make it feel very different wherever Ralph was. Mm-hmm. I I it was a really good. You know, there's there's this other stuff in there where the even the um, Henry Jackman who does the the score. Mm-hmm. So he did this study on what the the frequency range for eight bit music was, oh. and so all the music for huh. Ralph takes place in that frequency. Now it's actual music, but that's why you listen to it. It's got this. I love the music. It gets me going too. Uh, like gets me worked up because it's. I think it's a wonderful score. Um, because it feels like orchestral video game music without just being like bling bling. Like it didn't feel mm-hmm. like it came out of an NES. But when you go into Heroes Duty, they do a Skrillex song. Yes, I was reading about that. And it's meant to make you go. Ralph is like, I don't know what this is. Like it's meant to make Ralph feel out of his depth. Yeah, is because all of a sudden it's like that scene is John Lasseter, who was you know head of animation at the time kept coming back and go more more i want this to be super chaotic like it's going to be crazy because i want this to be such a difference between Mm -hmm. donkey kong and halo right yeah yeah. anyway so i I just think that kind of attention to detail in those worlds is very cool well and i think we should mention donkey kong a little bit because that's you know what was inspired Mm -hmm. uh I had something specific it it inspired inspired, mario and donkey kong is felix yes thank you that's what I have. Ralph. So I feel like we need to mention that Donkey Kong was 1981 mm-hmm. is when it first came out. It's a good and year. what <laughs> a good vintage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what I thought was interesting, I didn't know this about Mario, but maybe a lot of listeners out there do. He was a carpenter in the Donkey Kong game. So that's how Fix It Felix is similar. Interesting. I know he's had yeah. a bunch of different because he's in like Donkey Kong three. He's like a he's got a. Eventually, he's changed Gardner. to a plumber. Yeah, yeah eventually, he's changed to what we mm-hmm. know. Oh, sorry to cut you off. No, that's fine. Uh, but I I wanted to mention the inspirations because a lot of my facts that I have are things to look out for, but also more so, more so than just look out for the inspiration and how they really worked in all of these different video game influences, which mm-hmm. it sounds like they've done from the music, from the animation, and from mm-hmm. really every part of this movie, which yes. I find fascinating the other inspiration i read besides donkey kong was rampage oh god that's one of my favorite i know you love that game and so that was 1986 if when that came out 
Oh, wow. So, okay. So I, I'm doing this partly towards you and partly towards, I know we have some kind of like younger millennial listeners mm-hmm. as opposed to me being the elder, like the, the farthest end of millennial possibly. Yeah. Um, Rampage is a game where you're like. I just think of the board game. Oh, that Meeple game we had? Mm-hmm. That was a. F- yeah, where you knock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah, actually, yeah. you actually knock the stuff over. But it was a it was a game where you cl- you were like Godzilla and King Kong and like a rat monster, a wolf monster, depending on which one you're playing. And you just climb up and down buildings and break the buildings and eat the people inside. It was wonderful. Because um, video games used to just, that's all you did was like two things. Well, and this is why I'm excited to talk about all the thing, all the information I have. Because mm-hmm. I want you to talk about if you've played these games and if like how you're connected with them. Because in previous episodes, you know, we might have some listeners, maybe this is the first episode they're listening to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to just share a little bit about your background as to why you also connect with this. You connect to this character on a lot of different levels, but this is also what you do for a living. Yeah, so I'm you a- might want to just talk a minute or two about that. I'm sure if this is your first episode, yes, I'm a video game developer. Um, uh, I, I currently work at, uh, you don't even know where I currently no, work. I think um. <laughs> more so I, what I find interesting, what I found interesting when I first started dating you and started learning about what you do. This is fun. Is, <laughs> is for like the lay, layman, is that, mm-hmm. I guess that would be right. For oh, the, for that, the that, layman, that like what is, what. My Super Mario explanation. Yeah. And I think it fits well into our discussion of this movie. But, you know, you're a level designer. So what exactly now, well, does that look like? Now I know I am now technically you're a world designer, yes, but I, I, I but am a designer. For a long time. Yes. I was a level designer. And the way I would explain that to people, specifically uh, people in my parents' generation, was. This is how I explain it to a lot of people <laughs> who aren't as familiar with video games. So you've got. Super Mario, like the first Super Mario, and you've got um, programmers who are the ones that program things so that, like, when I press B, Mario jumps, like, things appear on screen, like, everything like that, like, all that stuff. Art is the one who, they they draw the blocks, they draw the enemies, they draw Mario. Um, level design is the one who goes block, 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 pipe, block, 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 turtle, block, 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 you know. Enemy enemy like that sort of thing and does everything puts everything together um and kind of creates each experience and that's what i do uh kind of on a bigger scale um i kind of want to back up and go into like my old game things like i said uh i'm a very elder millennial i grew up in the era of like i had a atari 440 some number that no one remembers um that dad my dad brought home um you know my mom used to love watching me play Frogger. I had all the class, like very, cl- like Frogger, Pac-Man, Cubert. And was that on NES? Atari. Atari. So that was all Atari. That was all Atari. Okay. okay. I'm not sure I got them on any, I had an NES, but this is my first one was the Atari. Um, and it, uh, I remember my mom used to want me to play Frogger because when you die in Frogger, it goes, Burrow! and like <laughs> this, this, and she thought that was so funny. So it's basically my mom sitting behind me, watching me play video game, going, die, die, I want to see you yeah. die. And I'm like, okay. Um, uh, I used to love, my dad played a lot of softball and afterwards they would go to these, you know, the team would go to these bars that had, um, old games and I would get quarters, you know, it had the basketball game, which is very important to Tara and I's relationship. But also my dad was really good at Galaga. He was really like to play Pac-Man, any of the old, like super classic games. I'm talking like, like the cabinets. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. now you say classic people think like first Mortal Kombat or that even maybe older than what some people think. But I'm talking mm-hmm. like the, kind of like the step beyond 
um, Pong and going into like, like space Donkey invaders. Kong, Space Invaders. Um, I love the cabinets. I love like my dream is to one day have one of those ones that like it's a bar table and I've, two people sit at. I'm on the lookout. I have not Th- found. They're, they're so expensive, expensive and I don't know where we'd but put we've, it. But we've found, we've played a Pac-Man one like that. Yes, we've been I love places those. and I, played that. I love arcade cabinets with wood paneling and like drink holders where they were like mm-hmm. a fixture in the bar. Um, recently, and we'll go into this very uh, uh, through here. I have some talks about it. My 19 year old nephew came down um, and we went to a place in Austin called Cidercade, which is, you know, a place you pay $10 and you go in and it's, they serve uh, hard cider, but also you can play all the video games you want for free. Uh, well, well, for, for the like $10. a flat rate. Yeah, yeah. For the $10 to get in. And, if you're in Austin, I highly suggest checking it out. There were games I'd never heard of. There were games I was like, what is... And they were like... Some of them were like IP that I knew, but that I was like, I didn't know there was a Roadrunner game. I didn't know there was a this game. It and, was so much fun. And I do think that it's becoming more common for these places to pop up in other cities. Mm-hmm. We were in Kansas City, and I can't remember the name of it now. It was like Up, Up, Down, Down or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was something yeah. like that. And it was actually featured on queer eye when yeah, they're in that's kansas they city went. that's where they went for um one of their heroes uh it's his birthday and that's where they go and celebrate and so we had a lot of fun at that one but i highly encourage you um listeners you know no matter where you are check well, check out your city to see if one of these barcades yeah, exist or like a pinball place yeah i want to know I, and we may have talked about this on the tron episode if you want to hear another one where we go into old ladies arcade culture with our friend james check out the tron episode um Tara, like, do you have fond arcade memories from when you were a kid? So, did your dad? I, I know your dad <laughs> made you give back your your well, Super yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> well, well, t- I can talk. I think we talked about that on a different episode, but which you you put your hand up like you're like, don't say that. Like, I, I know plenty of people who had a similar. Yeah, like, video just, games were not well thought of. Yeah, when, when I was and a kid. I could go into that, but for me, <laughs> when I think arcade, I think pinball, and my dad loved pinball. Mm-hmm. My mom loved pinball. There is like. Which we need to go Your to. Your mom loved pinball. Yeah, my mom love loves pinball. Like still to this the day. The next time she comes, we need to go to pinballs. Well, what we need to do is the next time we're in New Jersey, either one in Asbury Park. There's you would love this. It's like the history. It's like a museum, oh, yeah, and it's yeah. all these old pinball machines and stuff. There's a pinball museum in Las Vegas. I've always oh. wanted to go to, but it's like you got to drive out there yeah. and blah blah blah. But. So when I think arcade, I think that, and then I think skee ball because I grew up by the boardwalk. Yes, yeah, so, so yeah, for okay. me, it's I more think that more stuff. than more than I think actual video games. But my best friend, who was on the Little Mermaid episode growing up, Jeremy had a Super Nintendo. Wow, real slight to all your other friends who have been on this show that <laughs> was, are not look, your best friend. All of my friends. Oh, Chris isn't listening. Okay. <laughs> All of my friends who've been on this episode are very near and dear to my heart. But if you were to ask me who was my best friend as a kid growing up, Mm -hmm. like young child, it was Jeremy. We spent the most time together and I'm very close with his sister. This is all going on the record. Okay. All right. I'm very close with his sister. But even growing up, like it was just Jeremy and I were closer in age. But Mm -hmm. anyway, um, he had a Super Nintendo, and so that's how I was first exposed. And we played all the Donkey Kongs. We looked for all the secrets. We did, you know, all of those things. But when you're talking about Donkey Kong, you're talking about Donkey Kong Country. Yes, 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 like yes, yes. When I'm yes, talking yes. about Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong, 
Donkey Kong 1, Donkey I Kong know. Jr., Donkey Kong, they're like the yes. really crazy ones. Yeah. yeah, Super Mario World was also, and you've watched me play it. I can still remember all the secrets of like the the alternate um, ways to finish the ghost levels now, do you, and things like that. Do you remember Mario Brothers before it was Super Mario? Where you were just, it was, it was like uh, Donkey Kong where it was just one screen was the level and there's all the, there's all these pipes on the side. So I think I've played that, but not, that's not what I was exposed to first. <laughs> I love that but stuff. But yeah, I've, I've gone back and played they that. They weren't super Be- yet. They were just Mario Brothers. And I love them. I love those games, yeah. I will say. So that's kind of where I was connected. But yeah, my dad, I think I had used birthday money or something and he like just didn't want it in the house. And I get it. I mean, I would have been playing it all the time. So mm. I understand it. Eventually I got a PlayStation original. <laughs> uh, PlayStation. See, one and, and so for me that was what so jeremy had the super nintendo and then when we'd go over to my house we'd play on playstation on discs so, not cartridges discs baby was, that was, was the future what was fun about that was obviously the games were very different too mm-hmm. so it was, we had in like extreme sports where you like street luge or you like ride a bike and you could do you remember this game? You not could, like, specifically, ride but I a feel bike, like there's you could been a few. do the street luge. Oh, but it was like a specific one where like there would be like some there'd be like this weird commentary over it and you could like ride over chickens and like you could hear the chickens like it was it was kind of intense. Yeah. But Do you remember Crazy Taxi? No, that one I we didn't have. I love they well they we've been we've been watching a lot of the Simpsons Halloween stuff. There was a Simpsons version that was really good because it's Simpsons hit and run. Yeah. But it's basically all you do is you drive through town driving through stuff uh-huh. and then you pick up people and take them to another part of town it, it, i love that game but the other games that i really like were the crash bandicoot which now i've mm-hmm. played because they've kind of been rebooted rayman I re-bandicooted re- yeah oh, i'm sorry rayman i loved there's I don't some know good if you ever played Rayman. Yeah, yeah, those are on Switch. I can get you some Raymans. Oh, uh, yeah, Raymans. I love Raymans. I loved that one. I'm trying to think what else was on PlayStation that I really liked. Uh, oh, I played like the Hercules. We've talked about this in yes. uh, the episode that we did with the video game podcast. Oh, uh, 8-Bit. 8-Bit Gladiators, 16-Bit Gladiators. So yeah, if you want to check out more of like my history and connections with video games, we I go into a deep dive on Aladdin and and stuff like that. So spoiler alert, hopefully they're coming back for Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah, I would love that. But I wanted to get back to (laughs) the the movie. I I could talk about old games. Oh yeah, well, and I will in a second when I uh, I'm going to do something right before we go to break. But go ahead. So I wanted to talk. You were mentioning how when your dad after softball you mm-hmm. would go into the bar and you would play different games the well the game that's in wreck it ralph tapper and <laughs> i went down a little bit of a deep dive because i got very interested in this it came out in 1983 and it was a bartender game so you played it did you yeah. play it as a kid or did you play it later well, in life so the weird thing about it is there was tapper and then there's like okay, root beer I have, tapper. I have okay, that yeah, information. Yeah, yeah. so i'll go into that and then you tell me yes. i'd love to hear your experience but it was very controversial i've actually played it recently too at cider cave oh, it was very controversial in real life because it served mugs of budweiser so it was actual mm-hmm. mugs of and budweiser it, Budwe- it was sponsored by budweiser yeah. there was a big budweiser thing in the background and it was midway i think who I made think that's it right uh and so it was intended for adults to play at bars but of course it made its way into kid-friendly arcades and parents became upset so that's where the controversy came so that's when root beer tapper mm-hmm. came into play and so they changed the bartender to a soda jerk character and what i think is cool is in the movie they use the bartender character from tapper 
but they have him drinking root beer instead of beer. So they merge both versions in Wreck-It Ralph, which I thought was a cool way to pay tribute to both um, to both games. Now, have you ever seen this game? No, it has an actual tap. Oh, so you've got a joystick and a tap. So it's all these these four bars and people start coming out from the the left and you want to go to the thing and then pull the tap and fill it and it throws it to them and then they get it and they throw it back so you have to be back there to catch it so you're I see giving and when you get them they get pushed back um the one I played at Cidercade that I had some problems with so first off it was Simpsons themed for some reason so mm. I think some of them in there are like weird Japanese so knockoffs and stuff Duff brand beer no I think it was just the Simpsons characters because it also didn't call them the Simpsons character. It was just, oh, that's clearly Mo. Oh, okay. And oh, Homer's one of the ones coming. But every once in a while, Homer would be black. Okay. And it was very unsettling. Like Got They it. would just go, we need more characters, so let's just make some of them not yellow. We'll make them black. And looked pretty racist. And I was like, well, yeah. this is interesting. Yeah. I had a lot of times where it was my 19-year-old nephew, and he was right behind me. Like, oh, you got to see this game. And then we'd start playing, and i go... Hmm, this is really weird. I will say, because this one of the characters shows up in, in Reggae Ralph, we started playing Altered Beast. If you know Altered Beast, I want all of you to find a teenager, preferably one you know, <laughs> and take them to an arcade and then go and then start trying to explain to them what's happening in Altered Beast. Because that is a game where you're like, you eat these energy balls and you become a buffer and buffer guy until all of a sudden you turn into like a werewolf or a bear. And then you're fighting a character who he throws his head at you, but he keeps growing another head. So he throws a lot of head at you, heads at you. And there's like a two-headed, it, it makes no sense. I was like, oh yeah, this game. And I started explaining it to him. And I just started like dying laughing because yeah. I'm like, this is the crazy, like who came up with this? But I just grew up with this. I'm like, oh yeah, it's Altered Beast. You do yeah, this and this. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, this is r- r- crazy. A lot of games are like that nowadays, but anyway. Uh, The other thing that I don't know if this is in Disney World, but I read in Disneyland for a time, you could play Fix-It Felix Jr. at Starcade in Tomorrowland. You can find it out there in the world some places. Oh, that's exciting. You can can play it online, like pretty much it's a free game. and. You could probably download it somewhere. I I've played it. It's it's that's part of the thing that's fun about it. It's a pretty solid. It feels a lot like Popeye, which is kind of a spinoff of Donkey Kong. Like it mm-hmm. kind of took the thing. Which I love that Popeye game too. Story real quick. Uh, when I was six, my parents took me to Hawaii and never took me again because my mom claimed all I wanted to do was just play in the arcade not doing anything mm-hmm. which i was six and the next closest person to my age was like 17 my sister yeah so it didn't make sense but anyway that's a whole other thing but i just very distinctly remembering wanting to play that popeye game all the time mm-hmm. and in fact they did leave me there a few times to go do adult things because again i'm a <laughs> six-year-old hanging out with like adults and yeah. like older teenagers yeah anyway uh well now what i have is a lot of Look out for video game trivia. I don't know if you want to go into that or if you have anything else that you want to Let me talk about. Hit up a few more things. Um, I have some things about King Candy too. I don't know if you have anything. About I don't have him. anything about King Candy, but let me go into something real quick because one of the things I want to talk about was in Sugar Us was um, they were trying to come up. They didn't want it to look like Hansel and Gretel. They didn't want it to look like Candyland. Mm. And one of their design, who, a woman who ended up becoming the design lead for Sugar Rush, uh, I believe she was Spanish. She used inspiration from Antony Gaudi, a modernist architect in Europe. So a lot of that is based off that. Oh, okay. Another thing they did is another woman, Brittany Lee, who was a visual development artist, was tasked with making a candy diorama of what they wanted 
sugar rush to look like oh, out of candy. That's really and cool. And she was like breaking everything up and they would, they just like, I guess they lacquered it or something so it lasted. Yeah. But then they all said like, oh, so we would have all this candy around the office just to, you know, work on stuff. And we all started eating candy. And they're like, about week two, we all cut candy out of our diets because we're like, I don't want any more. I don't want to look at it. Yeah. I don't want to eat it. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. Mm. Um, I think those are the big, I'll, if I come up with something, I'll, I'll okay. let you know. Uh, King Candy, his voice was modeled after Edwin. Uh, which oh, absolutely. We, yeah, and we have talked about Edwin. We've gushed over him, but he was the Mad Hatter Plano, and Texas Uncle is, Albert. Plano, Texas is own. Uh, Alan Tudyk as yes, King Candy. Yes, is his voice. And the other thing I have is Alan Tudyk, uh, apparently when he was, you know, doing the voice of King Candy, he imagined him to be very big, a very large, big character. <laughs> and so when he found, when he first saw animation of him so small, he found it hilarious that he was like this tiny little character guy. just because how he pictured it. So I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, I did want to talk. I, I'm going to just kind of go through stuff. Is that okay? Well, before we do that, one thing I, I know we always talk about the live, the, the, the work they put in, you know, for when they have animals. Oh yes. yes, yes. Um, there is hours and hours and footage of them putting Mentos and diet Coke and oh letting it God. explode <laughs> for, for that thing. That's great. Let me ask you a question about what you do. Um, are you, when you say you're doing video game references, are you doing like the cameos that are in? The I one? have some cameos. I have some things to look out for. Oh, but that's it's interesting because Tara, I have every single cameo. Okay. So I didn't do every <laughs> single one, but I did read that there are 188 different video game characters that are referenced throughout the film. Okay. I don't have 188. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I read. I think it was, yeah, 188 classic video game characters in the movie. So I obviously don't have them all either, but I will go through them and we'll see if some of our stuff is similar and some of it is not. Uh, one thing I wanted to do, I thought I'd do a little game. Oh, boy. Uh, the graffiti in Game Central Station references <gasps> famous video games, and there are three that I have. So oh, I'm going to see if I you know that. I used to know these. I remember There these. might be more than these three. These are the three I is read about. Is there a about. Zelda one? That is not a question, okay? Let okay. me let me okay. do that. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, There might be a Zelda one. I don't have a Zelda one. Okay. There is a different Zelda fact. I'm sorry, I thought you were asking me if I knew what they were. But oh, no, you I'm going to give you, you okay. what's written on the wall. You have to tell me the video game. Okay. Uh, the first one is, all your base are belong to us. Now, I don't know the name of this video game, but it was a big meme when I was in college, and it was, it was based off of this game that had been translated poorly from Japanese into English yeah, that's and it's, what it's hilarious infam and I'll like put it infamously up. Yes. known for it and it was like it, it started off and it just did the thing but it's like all your base are belong to us like it becomes like a song and it's ridiculous yeah so 1989 it was called zero wing okay was yeah. the game but you are right uh this might give it away if I pronounce this character wrong because I've never played this game <laughs> Aerith lives that's Final Fantasy. Yes, Final Fantasy VII. Which is also a spoiler for Final Fantasy oh, VII. Oh, well, I mean, it's in there. Listen, it's a uh, multi-decade. And it's, it's 1997 yeah. is the game. And then the third one I have uh, in quotes is Leroy. Oh, Jenkins. Okay, yeah. It, no, it just apparently just Leroy. Leroy. Maybe yeah. they couldn't go with it. But yeah, that's a World of Warcraft reference. Yes, and so that was 2004 because uh, I guess the character... The player runs into battle screaming his name. So that's another video I have to post where it's these characters. It's all the and you hear them talking like through chat and they're all 
Like, okay, here's how we should do this. And this one guy's sitting down. You could tell, like, he got up, went to the bathroom. And he goes, all right, chums, let's do this. Leroy! And he runs in the yeah. room and everyone's like, oh, God, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Uh, so those were, again, there might be more graffiti, but those were just the three that I read. There is a Zelda uh, fun fact. And so I will share that since you mentioned Zelda. Ralph goes into Felix's apartment and there's a waterfall sculpture and apparently the speed, size and pattern of the waterfall is almost identical to the waterfall that's featured in uh, The Legend of Zelda, NES's Mm. Legend of Zelda in 1986. Well, you know, if there's a waterfall, what must be behind it? A treasure chest. That's level design 101. Yeah, uh, especially in Skyrim. Look for those (laughs) treasure chests, people. Uh this I thought was cool. At the train station in Niceland, something to look out for, it shows the population, which is 224 by 256. Oh, that's funny. And yeah, we'll say why it's funny. It's a, it's a, <laughs> a size of sizing of like, uh, eight, it's, it's, it's divisible by eight because the, that's the size of like a, a sprite or something you would use in a video game. How I read it was it's the common resolution of an 8-bit game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we yeah, go. Yeah, so... But again, I find these funny because I didn't know these, but these are things that like you know about because of what you do. Think uh, about that though. What is it? It's like 256? 224 by 256. So that's 224 pixels. Yeah. Do you know how many... pick Like 1080, which is like the common thing now, is like this big. So it's... Yeah. The pixels were huge. It's... Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, the character cyborg does... Is it Cano? It's Kano. Kano's signature Mortal Kombat fatality it's, on the zombie during the bad guys meeting. Yes. And so that was another reference. There's a that lot I of had. characters that look to be like kind of off brand versions of characters that maybe they couldn't quite get the exact the licensing, licensing to. For, uh, the high score of Wreck It of the Wreck It Ralph cabinet mm-hmm. is one two zero five oh one. And that's Walt Disney's birthday. Oh, that's cool. So I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, there's a Sugar Rush racer named Minty Zaki, Zaki, Z-A-K-I. And apparently it's a tribute to a Japanese animator. I'm just going to... Is it Miyazaki? Yeah. Yeah, that's the guy who does um, the movies that Amandar likes. Oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. one day we will do some Miyazaki yes, stuff yeah, yeah, in yeah. here. He is so wonderful. John Lasseter was a huge fan of his. Mm-hmm. So that's that's paying tribute. To him, so it must be Zaki is the last Miyazaki. Name. So it's yeah, it's Minty, Minty Zaki. Zaki. Yeah. Do you know the one that's like Candlehead? Mm-mm. Like they've all got these names like Peppermint Petunia and all these things, and then there's ones just named Candlehead, and they he I think it's a he has a candle for a head, and I'm like, what does that have to do with any? Like I don't yeah, understand I didn't this character. Come across any facts or anything <laughs> about, about him. Candlehead? Yeah. Uh, another one here is Ralph's looking in Lost and Found for a medal, and he pulls out an exclamation mark. Do you know what sound, what game it's from? No, oh, I don't. Uh, it's a sound from a video game called Metal Gear Solid. Mm, yeah, okay. It's 1998. And so that sound, I think, is heard other times in the movie. But when he pulls out that exclamation mark, there's a sound that's made. And it's referring to that game. Now, they've got some Mario stuff in here. But I know they weren't allowed to use Mario and Luigi. They, I didn't come across anything specific. So was it licensing that was the issue? That's, or was Yeah, it, they said, we, you can't use them because I think it's they wanted to give them their own movie, Mario movie coming out soon. But Bowser's in it. Yeah, he's in the bad guy. Yeah, so it is interesting that they. I think they said you can use these characters and this is you know all that stuff. Uh, We mentioned Space Invaders earlier, but at Felix's birthday, uh, Ralph smashes cake. 
and it splatters around the room and on Ralph, and it's to resemble the shape of an alien from That's Space funny. Invaders. And Space Invaders is 1978. That's the other thing that I found fun. <laughs> All the trivia listed the date of the games, which I thought cool. was cool to to know how far back they're going with some of these references. Uh, Fix-It Felix, his jump sound is the same sound used by Mario for Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Great game. I've never played it. I've never heard of it. Okay, I'll try and get it, it on 96. Switch. So it's yeah. it's like Final Fantasy, but you're Mario. Oh, And so okay. your moves are like you have a hammer and you hit the guys or you jump on them. And then like you could hit a button as you're doing it to get extra points and stuff. But like I think Peach was someone you could have, and eventually I think Bowser joins your team. Oh, like, that's cool. It's, it's like an RPG. I don't know if you've played one of those RPGs where like you touch somebody and it goes, and it's like you're all on one side, you're on the other, and it's like Mario's turn, and then you choose what he's going to do, and he does it. Oh, no, I haven't. I'll see. I wonder if it's on Switch. It's a great game. And then the last thing I have, because again, I didn't write down every cameo. I didn't write down every influence because this movie is jam-packed with them all uh and that would be something i'd want to put out to listeners is what is your favorite cameo like call us email us post it on the facebook page when this episode yo trpd1 that would be our phone number uh post on the facebook page but like i'd love to know like what were you excited about especially if you were someone who loved video games and knows the history of video games you know what is your favorite cameo or what is your favorite like oh my gosh, I can't believe that's in this because there mm-hmm. are so many of those. And I'd like to ask that to you as well. But I almost want to wait until we watch it again, even well, though you know a lot of it. I mean, do you want me to go through the cameos to look out for real quick? Well, yeah. And real let quick. me just, my, my look out for cameo is not a video game character. Apparently the thug Vladimir from Tangled is found in Game Central Station. Maybe. So we're going to have to just dyna- keep an eye out the, for him. The T-Rex from... Meet the Robinsons is in there. Oh, interesting. I think but like, sometimes they're just like, we need to fill out this thing. But I'm curious when you watched it, I remember you being so excited about so many moments in this film, but was there <laughs> one cameo in particular or one reference in particular that like really excited you? Well, the Dig Dug guy is in it, and I love Dig Dug's, probably mm-hmm. my favorite old arcade game. Now, I also found out from this that he has a name, which is Taizo Hori, which I had no oh. idea he had a name. Um and there's some other Dig Dug characters I didn't notice in there before. I love Qbert's whole story. Yeah. Like, he's kind of a... It's more than a cameo. Like, mm-hmm. he's doing stuff in the game. Yeah. Bad Guys Anonymous is hilarious. That's my like, one of my favorite scenes of the whole film. I love that they do it in Pac-Man, and it shows them all, like, leave the middle space in Pac-Man. Yeah. Where the ghosts start. Um, but it, I, I think Qbert's whole story, and, you know, he gets a little arc, because, I mean, spoiler alert, at the end, he it's he's homeless to tell you what happens if you're outside of your game when it gets unplugged. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he moves into Wreck It Ralph, and like they end up, and everyone's like, "This is a weird version of the game where Cuba yeah. and stuff's in it." But I just think that's fun. All right, you ready? I'm ready. All right, Uni from Dance Dance Revolution. Ah, uh, Ken and Ryu from Street Fighter Two. And then we go to Bad Guys Anonymous, where we've got Clyde the Ghost from Pac-Man, Yellow Robot from Cyborg Justice, M. Bison from Street Fighter, Dr. Robotnik, Sonic the Hedgehog, Zangief, Street Fighter 2, Bowser, Super Mario, Smoke from Mortal Kombat, although I think that might just be a ninja. Mm. Um, Satan or Satan, or how do they say it, from Satan's Hollow, which is a game I've never heard of, Neff from Altered Beast, uh, Beholder, possibly Xanathar from Dungeons & Dragons. 
Kino from Mortal Com- or Kano from Mortal Kombat, a zombie from House of the Dead, and Michelle from Final Fantasy, although I think that just might be a random sorceress. And then when he goes to Game Central Station, we've got Chun-Li, Cammy from Street Fighter 2, a knight from Joust. Do you know what the game Joust is about? This no. is the fun part. I want to say what these games are about. Joust is you're a knight who flies around on a ostrich that can fly <laughs> and hit other people. Do you people. have the year for that one? I'm no, curious I don't have when that came sorry. out. That's fine. Uh, Pitfall Harry, who is basically an Indiana Jones reference. Jetman from Solar Jetman. Now it says basketball players, and then I was like, well, I guess that could be from any basketball game. Yeah. Um, Paperboy. The paddles from Pong are just hanging oh, out, like the cool. two little, like a ball back yeah. and forth. Um, Frog from Frogger, uh, Taizo Hori from Dig Dug, Angel Kids from a game called Angel Kids, I've never heard of. Figar and Puka from Dig Dug, I didn't know they had names. Inky, Pinky Inky and Blinky from Pac-Man, Sonic the Hedgehog, Cubert Coily, Sam Slick and Ugg from Cubert, Bentley Bear from Bentley Bear, Jackson DeBox, which is a clown at the... Um, nice landers party which i don't know if this they just put a clown in there because the game they reference is it's like a game where like you pull his nose off and then his head follows and he eats things it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen game, yeah. video games are odd um pac-man uh turtle from frogger tapper from tapper the cowboys from tapper chef pepper from burger time uh, a sports car from a racing game. Now, I couldn't remember what racing game it was. Hold on, I'll go to a sec. And then Blanca from Street Fighter. Mm. Do you remember there was an, a Sega arcade game? And it might I have was been not on... a huge Sega person, so probably not, well, but go it, ahead. It might have been on PlayStation. Oh, Because okay. when Sega transitioned to just being a publisher. And it was a racing game when you lost. It had the, the best ending screen ever come up with game over and go game over yeah like it did like the weirdest like (laughs) and me and my roommate in college would do that anytime like something happened and we get real upset like to cheer the other one up we go game over yeah like we just do that it was so funny and this is like pre-youtube so like I'd never heard it. And then uh, yeah. uh, I remember at one point in YouTube going like, oh my God, I can find this now. And I found it anyway. Um, so I don't know what it was. It could have been pole position. Could have been Sega racing. I don't know. Uh, if you know which racing game that was. The one where it's turbo goes into the other game and then mm. breaks the game. Anyway. Um, yeah. Those are the ones I have. I'm sure there's more. I think there's a Pokemon in one of them. Um, I don't know. Yeah. What- I think there's what I find very interesting and fascinating and cool about this movie is the attention to detail of making sure the history of video games was represented and it sounds like it was represented in every aspect like we were saying earlier from the music to the animation to the cameos to how they wrote the story and and what was built into the story with these characters and that's what I'm most excited to revisit. I don't think I've seen this since we saw it in the theater. I don't think I've ever just watched it. I think I watched it. I know I watched it because we got the 3D Blu-ray when I had a 3D. Oh, that's I spent right. way too much money yeah. on a 3D television. And it's the only thing I ever watched on there in 3D. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But I was I remember watching it and being like, tell yourself this is a good use of money. <laughs> tell yourself it was a good use of money. It's a good, good uh, look how fun the 3d is. Like anyway, um, uh, but, but that's what I'm really excited to go back and revisit. And especially now that, um, I think I know even more about video game history than mm-hmm. I knew, uh, when we first saw it. And I am really excited 
to revisit it. And I also, again, want to encourage listeners to tell us your, I would also just love to know your favorite video game character. Maybe that's something we need to do, some sort of a poll or a question on the Facebook page for people. I'm just curious. I, I don't know. A if bracket? There's, uh, maybe a bracket. That would be fun. Uh, but even just a poll, I'm kind of just curious, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so get at us and let us know. But I know we're both super excited to sit down and rewatch Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. So it's time to take the cartridge out of the box and stick it in the NES. But before you do, make sure to blow it to get all make that sure dust blow out. Get all the dust out of it and then <laughs> stick it right in. See you on the other side, <laughs> listeners. We are back. We have gone to Candy Crush and back. And how are you feeling? I feel like we should have, if we could figure out the noise that's like, ding, like the continue. Oh, and yes. Then you mm-hmm. put another quarter in and he gets up. I don't know what game I'm thinking of specifically, but mm-hmm. you know I what I'm talking it. about, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I loved it as much as I have any other t- any any time I've seen it. Same. Um, I laughed. You know, I forgot there are things I forgot. I think this- <laughs> I have some really good laughs and a really good cry at the end. This movie is so perfectly cast and i don't know that we talked about it we didn't talk too about the voice the talent at all so. um jack mcbrayer's f- uh f- i said flip it felix like flip it or what's this the flip it or Bop flee it. it oh i thought you were trying the show that. you watch where they're like they go to the thing and they buy the thing and flip it or flee it flea flea market flip, flip it or list it flip it no you go to the the flea market oh it's flea market flip <laughs> yeah, it's that flea market flip. <laughs> yeah that right. one mm-hmm. um fix it felix i think is probably I, I mean i could still think of jack mcbrayer when he's doing it so i guess wreck it ralph is number one but like the top four where it's jane lynch is calhoun mm-hmm. uh John C. Riley as Wreck It Ralph, Sarah Silverman as Vanellope, and Jack McBrayer as Fix It Felix are so perfectly cast. Yes, they're they're great for the roles. And we noticed John C. Riley had a writing credit. Which it, was, it had like additional story. Yeah. So I wonder if he came up with some ideas while he was working on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's just get started and go into it. I I I, I will well, actually before we do that, like yeah, I this movie <laughs> wrecks me. Um. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, and it's not just the parts that are like, that they're meant to. Like, I love this score when they come back to game central say station and it's yeah. the like main theme at the beginning, like builds up like the part where he has to destroy Vanellope's car, like really well, gets we'll to get me. To it, yeah. Like, it's just, they're so, and then at the end when he, like this movie feels like a movie that should end on like a dumb joke right and mm. it doesn't it ends on it ends on such, such a sweet a moment way. and mm-hmm. like sweet. i love it so much and then it goes into like kind of the jokey stuff in the credits and the credits and it's just it's it's just it, i think it's i i i don't know i it's funny watching it now because i i'm getting really nervous that ralph breaks the internet is going to be bad yeah we've not seen it and i don't think either one of us will see it until we watch it for the podcast at this point because it's about internet culture and to me that's not charming like this Mm -hmm. is like internet culture 
the internet was a mistake. I know you're all downloading this over the internet, but like the internet in general, like <laughs> there's so much bad stuff that comes along with the good things of the internet. Yeah. And this is so charming and cute and like well but studied. But it's very and I nostalgia know, too. Yeah. And I don't know what we're going to see because well, that's the other thing. It's like Ralph Breaks the Internet is going to have stuff that's like the internet now. I don't know. I, and it's... I, I don't know. It's something that's been in the back of my mind since we started doing this episode that I'm kind of hesitant to see. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of resistant to seeing the new one. But let's go through the... There's the a couple... OG. Yeah, the OG. Um, I feel like since we put so much into the beginning, maybe we'll kind of burn through this a little quick. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so I was wondering if they ever made a Sugar Rush racing game. And I think we talked about it in the episode where we joined... Um, the 8-bit video game podcast. 16-bit. 16-bit, sorry. 16-bit gladiators. Uh, I couldn't remember their name, obviously. And you said it looked like there was one that existed. It looks like they built a console. Now, they built a console for Fix-It Felix, and I think they put that around in more places. So they may have done the same thing for Sugar Rush, but I don't think it was like a commercially... Yeah. Like licensed or released game. We Again, we didn't do a ton of research. We just did a quick Google search. We did... Uh, we I pointed out, um, like, if they did the Sugar Rush game, everyone would be Vanellope, King Candy, and then there'd be like twelve other players you could be, and no one would want to be any of them. Yeah. And you know, I I think eventually it might create its own thing, but like that's putting a lot of time into the actual development of the game as opposed yeah. to just you know Disney doesn't you know on and off doesn't have the best. Uh, this is another pun because it's a racetrack a track record mm. when it comes to the games. So yeah. I don't know. So that was just something I had at the beginning. Also, we, uh, you know, will answer this question here. Uh, would we put it on our shelf? We own it. It is on oh, our yeah, shelf. Yeah, yeah. And so we watched our copy because I wanted to see what extras were on it. And there's like a behind the scenes and a making of and stuff. We didn't go into that. But you can watch the video game commercials for each video game that's featured in the movie. So I think you're going to try to find them to put yeah. them up on the Facebook page. But they were very good. And they're very era specific. Yes. And yeah. One of the things is at the end, it's it's always come check it out at Litwax Arcade, which is the arcade that does. And it's always like, as it's going through the years, it's like, get two free quarters on your birthday. And then by the end, it's like, get a gamer pass. Yeah, you two, know, like, two times the credits only on your birthday. Only on your birthday. Yeah. Uh, but from the beginning, when we see the Steamboat Willie opening, he's an 8-bit. Oh, I forgot so about that. So that yeah, was yeah, really yeah. cool. I loved that. And it opens with the Fix-It Felix cabinet at the arcade, and it's a voiceover of Ralph. And he's kind of just telling you about him and about the arcade, just giving you like background information. But the majority of it is in-game cutscenes, for lack of a better term, for an 8-bit game, but it's, yeah. you're watching the game be played as he's explaining, exactly. like, this is my life. Yeah, and, you know, we've seen other games come and go. We've been around 30 years, and, you know, it's that quite- that Sorry, that was very fun to watch all the cabinets come and go, because there were, like, I was yes, looking cabinets for- cabinets trading in and out. You know, people that didn't necessarily have cameos in the movie, they did have, like, you could see like centipede and asteroid and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. Yeah. And so at quitting time, it shows Ralph lives in the dump. There's also a lot of, <laughs> uh, a lot of jokes about his bad breath. So apparently he's stinky and because he lives in the dump, he also like moves the bricks up over him. Like a blanket. A, a blanket. Yeah. 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 And, uh, we, you know, he does this whole voiceover and we realize he's at, uh, bad anon and it's basically mm-hmm. the bad guys meeting and the bad anon um 
motto is one game at a time. And they recite uh, this phrase. It's the affirmation, the bad guy affirmation. And it is, I'm bad and that's good. I will never be good. And that's not bad. There's no one I'd rather be than me. And that kind of goes throughout the movie, but I loved it so much. And it's supposed to feel... Mm Kind of like an AA meeting, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and they they leave, and you discover it takes place in the center. I think we talked about this again. The center, like square, where the ghosts spawn in Pac Man. Yeah, because the ghost is the one who's kind of Clyde. Yeah, he he leads the group. Yes. Uh, and so well, he. Well, hold, sorry. The two things I wanted to point out, if that's. Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to say more about. No, Clyde. go ahead. Uh, I think I'm leaving the meeting, so it sounds like you want to stay there for a sec. I was, yeah, yeah, I was just going to talk about how, you know, he goes into how he doesn't want to be a bad guy. And this is where we first hear the term going turbo. And we find out later what that means. And we'll go into explaining it when we get to that part in the movie. But this is when it's first introduced. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I would never go turbo. I just want more out of life. And after the bad guy affirmation is said, what I just read that's when the title card comes up. Yes. So we get somewhat into the story before we see Wreck-It Ralph. And then we find out that if you die outside your own game, like if you do go into other games, you don't regenerate. Right. They you, they reveal that when they go Game Central Station. Yes. The other thing they reveal in the meeting is that it's the 30th anniversary of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and of then, Ralph's game. And then as they're leaving, Ralph goes and grabs the cherries yeah. from Pac-Man and he walks through. I don't know why I love those cherries, like the, when he's carrying them. And it's partly because they're so big in his giant hands. And he's so big. So yes. you realize how big those cherries have to be mm-hmm. in relation to him. He's walking out of Game Central Station. Like the surge protector stops him every, he goes, it's a random stop. And he's like, you always stop me. And then like all the heroes are kind of getting out of his way and scurrying me. Like, oh, it's a bad guy. Get out of his way. And then he comes across Qbert and it's, they're like, yeah, our, they have a sign up that says the Kubert characters that says, you know, uh, count console unplugged, please help. And he gives them one of the cherries. Yeah. And, and he says they're nice and fresh. Yeah. I don't know why I like that. That cherry just looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I could talk about that cherry for a while. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, we find out that there's this party. Ralph goes back. He takes this little train <laughs> to go back into nice land and he sees the party, sees the fireworks and he realized no one invited him to this 30th celebration. It's really all about celebrating Felix. Well, he sees that Pac-Man got invited. Do you remember what he yes. called Pac-Man? No. A cherry chasing, cherry chasing dot muncher. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of good phrases uh, and oh, good Calhoun lines. Has... Cal- I wrote a couple of hers <laughs> okay, down, good. but uh, a lot of good ones so it's very awkward when he crashes the party Felix is who answers the door and you know reluctantly like Felix is a nice guy and very reluctantly invites Ralph in to have a slice of cake because Ralph's like oh I've never had cake no one ever seems to throw it out so I don't get it in the dump which yeah. I, I like the idea that he just gets whatever food they throw out and it's funny because there's like he wants more out of life but he seems kind of content with a lot of his like, I, I don't think he wants to move out of the dump. He just wants to be invited to the party every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, and I think he just wants to be recognized that he is a big part recognized. of the game. Oh, nice. He is a big part of the game, and we see that later, that when he leaves, the game can't really continue without him. Right. And so uh, 
this I laughed at so much that I made Ryan rewind it. So when Ralph comes in, he's too big for the penthouse apartment where Felix lives and he hits his head on the ceiling and it knocks down bricks and it falls on Felix and he dies. And I love the animation for when Felix dies. He lays flat and holds a white rose. Well, that's and it's, it's so like a lily. Funny. Yeah. yeah. And it's, that's what they do in Donkey Kong. Oh, OK. I, I, or he he falls down and he gets a halo. Yeah. Or there's something really ridiculous oh, so death-wise. We'll have to look it up. And then yeah. all of the, the townspeople, all of the, the people in the, the apartment building, they all freak out when they see he's died and then he comes back to life. Yeah. And you'd think they'd know, like, it's in-game, so he's going to come back to life. But I guess it's still shocking yeah. that that happened at this party. And so they get in a fight about the cake. And he gets in the fight with one specific... Uh, Do you remember the guy's name? I want to keep calling them townspeople for lack of a better... Nicelanders. Nicelanders. I don't remember his name, but he keeps moving his figure. Like His figure is is so cruel and, mm-hmm. and harsh looking and everyone else is so happy at the top of the building celebrating Felix and Ralph's like, no, you just sometimes need to make room for me at the top. And they keep going back and forth and then that's when he smashes the cake and you know he says, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to win my own medal if you guys won't give yeah. me a medal. And the that's part says, of what the fight's about. You can come live in the penthouse if you ever get a medal because you can't because you're a bad guy and bad guys don't get medals. Yeah, and so that's kind of what sends Ralph on this quest to go find a medal. And so he goes into the room beer tapper and it's the end of the night uh, we should say that too it's the end of the night when um you know he's gone to the meeting and all of that so it's right. it's when no one's at the arcade playing the games and so he winds up meeting um someone from hero duty he goes through the lost and found trying to look for a medal and there's some jokes in there and then he meets someone from hero duty and he talks about fighting bugs and he's like in this panic about fighting these bugs yeah and i think that's joe latrulio from brooklyn 99 yeah and so he winds up stealing his outfit and goes into the hero's duty game Mm -hmm. and i i love how they do the hero's duty thing because it's all of them are clearly just there to shoot things and and escort the first person shooter, which is who is the player, which is the player, and it's like a a robot with a screen and a gun, and the screen is if you were to look out through the screen, like you see the player, yeah, and so like Calhoun stands in front of it and does like Calhoun is the, is the leader of of the the heroes, I guess, and is like does the whole speech and like walks you through yeah. this is what you have to shoot at. If you're this gonna is what- PP your big boy pants, you gotta. Get loose, sister. Like he's, yeah. she's, he's got these great. Like, she's got really great lines, but she starts talking about like do this for your mama, and then Ralph shouts, "I love, I love my mama. mama." You love that line. I love it. Uh, and I love that it's a girl as the first play, the first person shooter. She's you know we follow oh, this the, girl, the, the girl, player. Yeah, yeah. We follow this girl playing a couple different games, and we see her at the arcade at the end too. But um, she's playing, and so that's the whole idea is protect the first-person shooter so yes. they can get to the top and get the medal. One thing I forgot to say when we talked about this scene um, is, and I should have said before because you can see it, they went to, it was Saving Private Ryan, and I forgot what the other movie is that they... Oh, is inspiration for this... Aliens. Interesting. So the scene where they run in and aliens and everything goes to 
heck. Yeah. And then they, they escape. And then the Saving Private Ryan, the beginning where the thing goes down. And because mm. if you watch Ralph, he's like, I love my mom. This could be great. It goes down and he's like, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. He's freaked out by yeah. everything. And it's very much a sense. Sweet Mother Hubbard, I think is what he says. Yeah. It's very much a sensory overload at this point. Ralph is freaking out. He's talking to the player, which is like a big no-no. And I think that that's kind of fun for us to see the player's reaction to be like, what is going on in this game? Like, she's very yes. taken aback on what's going on. She's witnessing, you know, the malfunctions in this game, as well as she witnesses the malfunctions when she goes over to play Fix-It Felix after this. And um, Ralph says... When did video games get so violent and scary? Which I thought was a fun line coming from someone whose game is like all about I, wrecking. I things. throw bricks and you fix windows. It. Like yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and so we see she goes to wreck it, Ralph, and she's like, wreck it, or goes to fix it, Felix, and she's like, Ralph isn't there. And so they put this out of order sign, and I love that it's a cabinet, a video game cabinet that's got like a water. bottle on its head and it's got a thermometer in its mouth and this sad face on the screen like it's sick and so that's when everybody in fix it felix they all like lose it they're all like running around looking right Uh, well i was gonna say one thing we forgot is is ralph runs into cubert on the way out and is like cubert it's me i'm gonna go get a a medal oh yeah this is when cubert shows up yeah and lets him know but when the girl is seeing it go haywire you notice that the nice landers are crying like everyone's (laughs) like lost Well, first they're all just sitting there going like i like that so she starts controlling fix it felix and he's jumping all the place and then he starts moving of his own accord but if you watch the joystick yes yeah he's like i'll fix it and he goes to find ralph (laughs) you just hear him like kind of his breath go ralph ralph (laughs) like and just keep yelling for him um, and then, yeah, then it cuts back and they're all like running around the bottom like, oh, where's and, Ralph? And that's when the guy from the arcade comes over and he's like, okay, we'll get somebody to come look at this. Right. And so Ralph realizes where the metal is in Hero's Duty. And so when they're like resetting before it's time for another player to come on, he starts climbing the building at yes. where the metal's kept. Two things you learn in Hero's Duty, these bugs, uh, the cybugs that are the bad guys, um, absorb anything they eat and use it so they eat ralph's gun and they start shooting bullets back at him yeah and then at the end of the thing they have like a beacon which is a big light and they all fly towards it like a like a bug zapper and they all get zapped and that's how they they're not like the other characters that know they're in a video game they're just like and they describe (laughs) them as a virus yes they're like jaws they they eat they swim and they make baby sharks and that's it yeah and that's pretty much it so when this is all happening fix it felix finds out from cubert where ralph has gone and he goes okay i'm gonna leave i'm gonna go bring ralph back and right. so he well, goes can, can we talk about him speaking cubertese oh yes that's <laughs> and he's right like, yeah. and then like the little like things symbols if, change if, if, if you don't remember cubert whenever cubert get hit he'd go bright and then like like pound sign dollar sign would show up so when we get fix it felix to the point where now he's in hero's duty he really is smitten by calhoun and oh look at that high definition she says flattery don't change hold on let me say it again flattery don't charge these batteries civilian (laughs) she's wonderful uh so Ralph wants this hero medal. He's so excited. He avoids all these eggs of these bugs. He gets it. And there's this big fanfare and this big speech that they're giving him. This hologram gives, yeah. And then he accidentally steps on an egg. And then he rolls over all the other eggs as they're describing like 
all the things he did well and as it's happening he's doing all of those things wrong because yeah. he's like tripping when, and when everything. When you touch an egg they start to hatch and there's like a yeah. side bug on his face. And he gets attacked and he goes into a, an escape pod and that's how he gets into Candy Crush. Yes, he it goes flying through Game Central Station. Felix and Calhoun see him and then he goes into Candy Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush, yeah. I think I called it Candy Crush because that's an actual Isn't game. That the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sugar Rush is that's what... That's funny. I, I, I wrote that. it in my notes as Candy Crush. That's funny. Would, let's talk a little bit about how Sugar Rush looked. So you had mentioned something about them bringing yes. in Instagram food photographers. Well, I think... I think I told you Instagram. I think it was just regular food photographers to talk about lighting and everything to make food look, you know, not satisfying, appealing. but appealing. Thank you. Yeah, they really did. They did an yeah. excellent job. Even the candy cane when he's on this peppermint tree, <laughs> the ribbons of the candy cane has like the fine lines in it that it does when you look at once per candy canes up close. Once per computer CGI movie. Tara fixates on one thing and it's just so fun to like try and guess what it is but she's like look at the lines in that candy cane. It was really something uh, but I also like a lot of the I also like a lot of the in world things we find out like that comes back like double stripe a double stripe yeah. You fall, you know, like if you're around in the world, like a double stripe, Which, probably in the racing game, if you're on a double stripe road, maybe okay, it does that's something. Because I was like, why would you be climbing in this game? So. I mean, you wouldn't, but it happens with um, Calhoun and Fix-It Felix. They're yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. else and, and they a, hit a, a double stripe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's a bridge. So I think that that's what that's about. Uh, but this is where he meets Vanellope. He's trying to get the medal, which is at the top of this peppermint tree. And she's trying to race for a gold medal. And we find out she has a glitch. And this is kind of all how we find this out in between the two of them. And this is where Calhoun tells Felix, you know, the cybug, it's going to ruin the game. It's going to eat yeah. the game. It's like a virus. We have to go find it like you saw that cybug like I have to go go fight it and Felix is like no I'm gonna go with you like I'm not gonna let you go alone and then isn't that when we find out Calhoun's backstory they tell Felix before he goes yes, in with her the the other the one day goes, she doesn't do he, patrol he goes she's really intense and then the other guy goes well she's programmed with one of the most uh, heartbreaking, heartbreaking backstories. backstories it was the, the one day she didn't do a perimeter search her wedding day and then it's like her with this guy and this giant cyborg comes through the thing and eats him and she's like ah like she has a gun under her wedding dress yeah it's like this little thing as we learn later wouldn't that mean there's a cyborg that has like all the qualities of her husband somewhere I don't know because it eats oh yeah because when it eats the gun it becomes a gun yeah you're right I'm sure she killed it you think oh yeah I guess she immediately pulled out her chain gun that she had under her wedding yes, dress under her wedding anyway. dress yeah so this is when they team up they go into sugar rush together and then we meet sour bill i forgot about sour bill i love him well we meet all the racers and we meet, we king meet sour candy. bill we meet king candy and but sour bill yeah he sounds like ben stein yes the guy yeah. who's like bueller mm-hmm. and so when the arcade closes we find out that in sugar rush they race 
to do the new roster. So every day when gamers come into play, there's a different roster of people that you can choose from. Mm -hmm. And how you get onto that roster is when they play after dark, you know, for lack of a better term, like when the arcade is closed and it's a pay to play. So you have to have coins from winning a previous race to enter. And that's why Vanellope has never been able to enter because we find out she's a glitch and they forbid her to race. That's why she was after Ralph's medal. Which, you know, from a gameplay standpoint, isn't good because it does create situations where people who don't win are like out of the race permanently. Anyway. Yeah. But again, we find out it's King Candy controlling all of this. So that's why. King Candy. Yeah. Can you say... Have some candy. Yes, you do. It's so good. Uh, so because it's it's very close to mustard. Mustard. Um, uh, and he's doing an Edwin impression. There's yeah. no question. Oh yeah, and I but read that 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 was very so, intentional. I, I think you said it last time. He looks like the Mad Hatter. This is the world that they did a lot of bases from Alice in Wonderland. So yeah, mm-hmm. his hair looks really wispy and good if you get a good look at his eyebrows it's good. his design <laughs> he's his so, design is good he's so funny because he says very stupid things that like distract there's a part later where like they break in on vanellope and and ralph and ralph shoots them with like some sort of frosting and they go are you hurt so he goes no, he just glazed me. Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> get him! Like, Almost he just like for- he had a sugar <laughs> rush from the glaze. He's he like- forgets. Well, he does it all the time where he forgets yeah. for a second just to be funny. And then he's like, oh, wait, I need to get back to whatever I was, yeah. whatever I was doing. So that's why she takes the medal from Ralph. That's kind of the whole thing. So she can get in and play. And we also find out King Candy plays along with everyone because he wants to be on the roster. And Ryan had said he didn't understand Candlehead's gimmick but we realize she's got a cupcake on her head and then a candle in the cupcake so right. i think that's the idea but wouldn't she be like cupcake karen or something why do they decide yeah. to call her candle head. head yeah i think it's funny all the names are like like minty zaki and and, yeah. and like peanut sh- butter cup peter and what's the weird- name of the the rival who's mindy kaling taffeta yeah she's taffeta something Taffeta something. Yeah. Taffeta darling. Taffeta. And, uh, but this is one of the candle head. It's like, why? Yeah. Why was this the name? And they keep making weird jokes about it. Like when she's like, my candle went out. Like it's, she's a main, not a main character, but she's like a henchman. She's a main side character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Ralph has been traipsing through the sugar rush landscape to try to get, traipsing. to try to get through to Vanellope uh, to get his medal back and he's covered in like goop and candy and so I, many different things. I have I have an issue with this. He's not traipsing. He is lumbering. And because I guess. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's in the He's smashing everything. And everything that's sticking to him and he's so gross and he comes through as they're about to start the race. And scares everyone yeah. and then a cupcake falls on him so now he's like trapped in this cupcake trying to walk around and this is where we meet the donut cops and they come and they capture Ralph. Duncan and Winchell. Yes, which are based off of two donut companies. Yes. One is Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know the other one. Winchell, I think, is just like a coffee donut shop. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure where, but I've heard of them. And then we see the castle for the first time. And King Candy's castle has Oreo cookies saying, Oreo. Like the Rio-ho. winky guards in, in uh, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. And so Ralph escapes he gets captured he escapes he sees the racers and he witnesses how cruel they are to Vanellope you know she built a car called Lickety Split it's homemade car that she built uh, and they start talking about if they let her in she's gonna glitch she's gonna hurt somebody and then things are gonna break and they start breaking her car and it's a really heartbreaking scene you see a heartbreaking scene oh yeah so many puns in this episode (laughs) 
but you really see like how down and out Vanellope is and all she wants to do is race and Ralph starts to feel for her because they're in kind of a similar predicament. They're in a similar situation in both of their games. And so he comes to her rescue and scares them off and he helps build. He says, you know, I'll help build your car if you'll get my metal back. So like, I'll help you for you to help me. Mm -hmm. And so then we find out Turbo's backstory. We talked, we kind of mentioned this at the start of the yeah, episode. Because Felix mentions going turbo to And what Calhoun. it means, because Calhoun's, Calhoun's a new game. Yeah, they're like, we've only been here two weeks or something someone says. So yeah. so yeah, she doesn't know a lot of the other players, a lot of the other games, that sort of a thing. And we find out that Turbo was a racing game and Turbo was jealous when another racing game came out and he abandoned his game and tried to take over the new racing game and he wind up he wound up breaking it and then both games went out of order and what is his catchphrase turbo tastic that's right yeah and he starts <laughs> so ridiculous. it's very funny when he's in the new game and he's essentially glitching because he's like jumping all off the course well first he's just turbo appearing in the background of this like pole position looking game and this yeah. turbo tastic and yeah. like everyone's like is that turbo yeah it'd be like if you were playing donkey kong and all of a sudden like one of the street fighters just like was in the game would be like what yeah so uh i was saying here that i loved how creative the sugar rush landscape is uh because we are with calhoun and felix and the laffy taffy they get stuck in nesquik quicksand mm-hmm. in chocolate chocolate quicksand Nest quicksand yes. yes and so the laffy taffy stretches when they see something funny they laugh and they stretch down they're like vines in this tree and so they were laughing at calhoun slapping felix and felix is like it's fine i can just fix myself so just like really like give it hitting to me. myself in the face yeah with, with a the hammer. hammer and so that's when she falls for felix right Yes, he gets her out of the quicksand, and then there's that like scene where you think the music is getting real lovey dovey, and then it's actually the Laffy Taffy singing. That's like made a heart around, and then she like fires her gun in the air. Yeah. And so then we go to the cart bakery, and this is fun because this is like a mini game that you would play if you were the player playing this racing game. And you make a car in the game. So you get to pick all the features on your car like you would in Mario Kart when you're picking your player and your wheels and all of that stuff. Um, yes. And there is like this thing where it's it's like you're balancing it and you're trying to get all the good ingredients in. You know, it, it, it feels like someone really designed this. Cause yeah, there's it's like, like get rid of the garbage, keep the baking ingredients to make yeah, the, the structure of it, your car. It was interesting to watch because it felt like I could see the screens in my head. Mm-hmm. And Ralph tries to help, but he kind of ends up making this mess of a car, but then Vanellope loves She's it. in love with it. I called it a sloppy car. But yes. yeah, because she wants lots of frosting and then that's where kind of things go awry. And then they sign it mm-hmm. with icing. Yes, um, you were looking at me because I was at my phone and I could tell you were like, why is he looking at his phone so oh. much? And I would tell you, Beard Papa, which was the guard, yes. is like a pastry shop. And there's one in Austin. Oh, yeah. He's the guard at the, the car bakery. Oh, it's Cream Puffs. Mm, interesting. Beard Papa has been baking the world's best cream puffs. We began in Japan and have expanded over to over 400 stores in 15 countries. Wow. Well, I may have to go get some cream puffs. Well, see what time they're up until. Um, probably, let me, it's Sunday. They're probably closed. Soon. I'll take a look later, but let me also look up Winchell's. Oh yeah. G- uh, go ahead. I read. I next. read the fact about it being Duncan and Winchell's, but I just yeah, didn't Winchell's, know Winchell's. Winchell's Donut uh, is a California place. Oh okay, so that makes sense. So 
Ralph then realizes now that... It looks good. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph then realizes once they have a car built, she doesn't know how to drive because she's never driven a for real car. She's only ever made her own like car that pedals with oh, her feet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she doesn't know how to drive, but she feels it in her code that she's a racer. And so she takes him to Cola Mountain. He like drives for her. Diet Cola Mountain. Yes. He, it's important that I feel represented in this course. movie. Of <laughs> course. He winds up a little Fred Flintstoning it, but instead of with his feet, it's with his hands. Gets yes. the car moving because King Candy sees that they're in the bakery, comes after them, and she goes, oh, go through here in Diet Cola Mountain, and it's a little like glitch spot that she well, can see. She knows is there, but no one else knows it it's there. It looks like an area they started building in the game. Or one that maybe eventually they'll do an update for. And, yeah. But it looks like a, a half-finished level. Yeah. So I think that was the idea. And then she's like living in all the trash there. And that's when R- Ralph starts feeling very like sympathetic towards her. And he builds her a racetrack by like pounding the ground into yeah, something. Yeah, so she can practice. And then there's all these Mentos hanging. St- now, Mentos, Stalag. Oh. Which one are they? Can you, you remember we've talked about this? I think we've talked about this on the thing. I don't before. remember. Stalactites yes. hold tightly to the ceiling. Yeah. Stalagmites might so one day touch the they're ceiling. Stalactites. <laughs> yes. And so that was for you listeners out there too. We were talking I'm about <laughs> how neither one of us have ever done the Mentos and Cola thing, so we might do a we little fun video it. and put it on the Facebook page. I, I feel like we don't do a lot of stuff of us and put it on the like we have we were on the Facebook page a lot, but there's not a lot of. Sometimes I see uh, podcasts that have like, like you see a lot of videos of the people oh, and I'm yeah. like not interested yeah, in that. Yeah, but this but. I think would be fun. So we'll see. We might do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is where we also find out that glitches can't leave their games. Mm-hmm. And so Ralph realizes that and they talk about that and how, you know, because he says, why don't you just leave? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, that's right. He puts that suggestion to I was to trying her. to figure out why they talked about it. Yeah, 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 I was trying to remember. So then he makes the track, like you said, and then there's this whole montage of her learning to race. Tariana's Shut Up and Drive, yeah. which is a weird needle drop, but I like it. I, I feel like it's good for it. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. And so then we cut back to King Candy, and he, is, he has the cheat code. Is it up, up, down, down? Left, right, left, right, BA start. Yeah. And so it's on a tapper napkin. And so he looks at it and he does and it opens this vault. And we find out that he, he keeps going in and changing the code. Yes. And he keeps going in and changing things. And one of the things he changes is he pulls out the metal that Vanellope, Ralph's metal to, to pay to play. And he now has it so it's around his neck so he can use it to talk Ralph into stopping Vanellope from playing. Now, something I want to talk about with this scene, um, this code is funny because it kind of looks like the code I work with in Oh, really? in Unreal. It's 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 visual-based programming, which means you have nodes and connectors, and so you build like this node does this, and then it has outputs, and the outputs go into the inputs of other mm. things, and it's something to make it visually easy for uh, Ding Dong's designers like me <laughs> to do. <laughs> to uh, see what to see connects code. to what. And yeah. it's just interesting that because the thing as he's getting out of the code you it zooms out and you see a Vanellope von Schweetz node that has that's kind of off to the side and nothing's connecting to it. Yeah. And the idea that that node exists but it nothing's hooked up to it, so that's why she's not in the game. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I'm sure 
there's, you know, especially in a creative industry like this, that is also using tech. There's gotta be, you know, I don't, I, I don't really ever see any of the tech they use, but there's gotta be visual. Some of it's gotta be the same stuff. I, our I would think use. or something similar. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably where they got the idea. It looks really cool. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And it and, gives you an insight into what, how deep candy has messed with stuff to make it so he's always on top so did you understand that that her thing was over here and nothing was connected so that's interesting to me that it's it's cool because it works visually as 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 a as a way to to um depict what's going on to the you know lay person yeah and at the same time that's also the way that visual scripting language is to make it easier for Ding dong designers. So I, it speaks to people who are in the industry. Yeah, yeah. 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 I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, but but I mean, I just mean that style of programming. Yes. is simplifying code in general, and mm-hmm. then it also it proves that it works. So they used it for someone who doesn't even code. Yeah, I just thought it was cool. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. So fix it. Felix winds up. He winds up saying. You're a dynamite? What does he say You're to her? You're a dynamite gal. You're a dynamite gal. And apparently that's what her fiance said to her. And she kind of loses it. And they go their own way. And he ends up at King Candy's castle. And we S- noticed Sour that- Sourbill throws him in the fungin. <laughs> yes. And we also noticed that uh, the flames, the like torches are flaming marshmallows, yes. which was a nice touch. So Candy shows up where Ralph and Vanellope are. And he gives Ralph the metal back. And he starts going into what happens with the glitch. And he's like, you know, if she glitches the game, players will stop wanting to play the game. It'll put us out of order. Yeah, they'll think something's wrong. And then when they put us out of order and they shut us down, all of us will be able to leave, but she won't be able to leave. So she'll die with the game. And they like visually show you what that'll look like. And it's very sad. And, you know, it get, Ralph gets very emotional. And so he doesn't. So does Ryan. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't want to stop Penelope from racing, but he truly thinks he's saving her in this moment from what Candy's told him. And so Penelope left to go get him a medal. She ma- made him a homemade cookie metal that says you're my hero to stink brain yes to stink brain you're my hero and she gives it to him and he tries to talk her out of racing and she doesn't understand and he mentions he talked to candy and she kind of loses it that you know he's been talking with her and this is where he breaks her car Mm -hmm. and it's such a hard moment to watch because he hangs her up on a peppermint tree so she literally can't go anywhere and just watches him destroy her car it's it's hard watching because he's so big and he's just keeping her from doing that and i could feel the frustration of vanellope and i can also feel him being like he thinks he's doing a good thing he thinks because candy frames it as heroes have to make the tough choices yeah so he thinks he's doing something and this is one of the scenes that i really connect with you know i i think we've talked about it a little bit on the show i've you know, struggled with anger issues. Um, and you know, I grew up, you know, I know how to patch a hole in the wall really easily because when I was a teenager, I put a bunch of holes in the wall. Yeah. Not a bunch, but every once in a while I but did enough. It. Like, I don't want anyone to think my, my, I was like, you know, yeah. but like, you know, I did it enough and it's not necessarily just like throwing a punch at a hole in the wall. It's flailing or like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, and that's, so that's why I think Ralph is that when he goes into the nice landers home and goes hey everybody like i've done that so many times where i'm doing something like hey and i would flail my arms and i'd whack somebody yeah. or i put a hole in a wall and it was not necessarily anger it was just 
You're I'm too a big, big for boisterous this guy. Yeah. So when he's doing that, I got this real feeling of like, he was like, this is my only tool in the toolbox is destroying things. And inaction is sometimes a tool. And I don't think yeah. you realize that. And it's, you know, he's not angry to the point of he's seeing red or anything like that, but he, he he's knows what he's doing. He's not angry at her, he, but he's using what he knows how to do to what he thinks yeah. is saving her. That scene is just one of the ones that really resonates with me about this character. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I feel like I can't be the only one out there. For sure. And so then he finds out, he goes back to his game to find Fix-It Felix and he realized Fix-It Felix has gone to go find oh, him. Back. And he finds out that they're going to get the plug pulled in the morning so all the Nicelanders have left and the guy who he fights with over the cake is there. Is his name Dwayne? For some reason I had to think I Dwayne. Can't, I can't remember. We should probably look it up. But he he's basically like, well, now you can live in the penthouse alone. Yeah, like, he goes, you, he goes I just doesn't... didn't want to live in the dump alone. He goes, well, now you can live in the penthouse alone. Which yeah. I'm kind of like, hey, buddy, like, yeah, you're a jerk. Well, they're blaming him. <laughs> that for was the, my real scathing indictment of. But the they're, bla- I mean, in uh, their reality, they're blaming him because he left, and that's why the game's closing. If he was yeah. there, it would have been fine. I mean, I think they understand him more when he comes back at the end. Mm-hmm. Also, Felix is on Wreck-It Ralph side at, by that point, so that goes a long way. They're basically just following whatever Felix does, right? Right. He, when he's in his game, Ralph, he sees Vanellope on the side of the racing game. Yeah, he throws the medal. I think this is cool because it is kind of this idea that they can affect the console. Yeah. And it hits the glass and it and the, the thing falls down and he sees the the out of order the sign of, falls the, down. The, yes. Yeah, and he sees that I'm gonna print those up the next time I'm sick and I don't want it just out of order come back tomorrow. But he sees that she's on the whole side of the console and so obviously Yeah. She's a big deal in the game. He cuts back to Sour Bill and he goes Explain to me why, if she's a glitch, she's on the console. And Sarah Bill's like, bro. And he's like, like, I'll never tell. And And then he eats him. He He licks him first. And then he puts all of Sour Bill in his mouth. Yes. And he's like, no wonder they call you Sour Bill. And then Sour Bill's like, please don't do it again. And he's like, King Candy changed the code. He made it so Vanellope is her own thing. And Ralph's like, why? And he's like, I can't remember because he took all of our memories and, and locked, locked them away. Yeah. And he goes, but I do know that if Vanellope crosses the finish line, it resets the game. And she'll be back in the and game. And she'll be back in. Yeah. He de- he tried to delete her code. That's all he yeah. remembers about it. Yeah. And so he's like, so that's why King Candy doesn't want him to do that. So then Ralph, how does he get to feel? Oh, Sour Bill says Felix is in the, he says she's in the dungeon with Felix. Yeah. But before that happens, we cut to Calhoun, who is tracking down the cybug, and she realizes it's laid a ton of eggs. And so, like, they're in big (laughs) trouble. like Doomsday, and um, Armageddon had a baby, and it is ugly. Yes. Yeah. All of her lines are so good. And then this is where Felix, before Ralph. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to jump in and talk about the design of the cybugs once they've eaten candy. Oh, yeah. Because they all look like pieces of candy. Of what yeah, they've eaten. once like, a jawbreaker. The jawbreaker was the one I really glommed onto. But like, it's cool that like there are all these different kinds. Like, it's kind of cute, but also still horrifying. And we see those candies in the world. So yes. you've seen them eat them. Yeah. No, that's a great point. So before Ralph goes to free Felix, we see Felix getting really frustrated <laughs> that all he can do is fix things. He this tries to break out lines. of the jail 
and he fixes it. And when he fixes the bars, the bars yeah, they get wider and thicker. And so he's just so upset that he fixes everything he touches. Why must I fix everything I touch? Yes. <laughs> like it's so good. And so Ralph shows up and Felix starts complaining about, you know. He hugs him at first and he's like, no, I'm mad at you. You did this and now this is what's happening. And now, now I've been put in jail and blah, blah, blah. Do you know what it's like to be treated like dirt and made a criminal he's like yeah it's every day every of my day. life yeah and so they really get to this common ground between the yeah. two of them and no one and neither one is mean to the other one they finally realize felix finally realized what ralph's been going through and and why he left the game in the first place and so then ralph takes him to vanellope to go fix the car but i will say one thing i do like about this and i said this when we were watching it is Fix it, Felix doesn't feel like the bad guy. No. he. he I mean, he's like awkward, like, hey, I know the nice landers aren't going to like you at this party or like you're not going to fit in this apartment. Like he, he knows like he's kind of, I mean, I guess he is kind of the bad guy by continuing the status quo. But at the same time, I he's don't just feel being any a anim- nice guy. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, this is how things have worked. And the second Ralph is like, yeah, this is blah, blah, blah. Like Felix is like, oh, and like, okay, let's figure something out. Yeah. I really like their relationship a lot. And so Ralph gets the- It's a story about coworkers who become friends and really understand each other. And they do feel like coworkers. And that scene where he's like, oh, hey, Ralph. And he's like, hey, what are you guys? They feel very like work acquaintances. Yes. Uh, And so Ralph gets the idea, oh, you can fix Vanellope's car. So they fix the car and then they go to where Vanellope is being held and they reveal the car to her. And then Calhoun shows up to talk about the Cybugs. And oh no no they go to the race first oh yes because they're at the race and it's like the race starts and vanellope's late and vanellope's not there so they get there and they they push her and and that's when um ralph was like well at least there's no more surprises and then calhoun punches them out of nowhere and she's like you idiot and she starts saying about the cybugs she's like yeah. no they're they drowned they died in, in the, the taffy. taffy swamp and then like this giant thing of them explodes and they're like oh, okay yeah so all of that's going on the, the, a good portion of what we're talking about nest is very physical actiony so yes yeah i'm very visual to mm-hmm. just watch it but all of that's going on vanellope gets into the race she gets up to where king candy is in the race and then he attacks her and this is where he kind of goes crazy and glitches she causes him to glitch back to turbo and so then this is Wait, where what yes um and, but this is where fix it felix we're seeing this all on the screen like you would in a racing game you can you yeah. know like the the screen at the finish line and so they're realizing now who he is as well and he's like i'm turbo and he's like i'm not gonna i i completely created this world and i'm not gonna have you undo all of it yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it becomes that then so they're they're fighting to get out of there and he's about to run her and her car into a, a, a wall and that's when she glitches on purpose to save herself. And then he gets eaten by a cyborg. He gets eaten by a cyborg. And then Ralph gets <laughs> Which, her. Yeah. And that's the end of King Candy. It's not the end it's of King Candy. It's not at all. Uh, so she's almost at the finish line, but she kind of like spins out and Ralph's like, no, it's too late. Like, we've got to go. Like, mm-hmm. there is no finish line anymore. The bugs are destroying everything. And he tries to get her to leave the game and she can't. And this is a moment that like wrecks me uh, because she's just like That's what Ralph is wrecking is your heart exactly uh, but she's basically like no you go it's okay like I, I know this about me like I know I can't leave you need to go you need to save yourself and although I, I, if she dies in her own game she comes back 
unless she's a glitch does because but the game is gonna be no more eventually so yeah, yeah, she yeah. will be no more there you go, so there it go. won't yeah i'm just saying with the cyborg she'll live in this horrible sisyphean hellscape where she's being eaten and re yeah. reborn and eaten i don't know well i think they would leave once they've destroyed everything in the game they would leave oh, the players would see it's glitchy and they would go to other games but because that's gonna, what calhoun was worried about yeah she was gonna bomb the exit so that no one could go in or yeah. out okay and so doesn't matter it doesn't happen yeah calhoun mentioned something about well there's no beacon to get all the bugs to like go back like to one location and ralph sees the diet cola mountain and he's like i'll be back and that's where he heads to do that and when he heads to do that he starts pounding the top which is all the mentos and they're, they're gonna fall into the and he's He's going to do one more pound. Yes. And then you hear King Candy say, it's a boss level. It's a boss level. And like, he is the creepiest version of a bug and King Candy. And I said it would be as if Sid from Toy Story made him. And the thing that's creepy about him is like his body moves differently than his head because he's on this long neck. Yeah. He looks like... It, this is his Judge Doom moment to me, where if I was a kid watching this, I'd be like, because I remember watching the theater and be like, oh, God. Yeah, he gets real dark, real intense. They're, he's fighting with Ralph, and this is where he says, have some candy again. Yeah, every, he hits me, he's like, have some candy. Like, yeah, and this, to me, is when I also started crying because Ralph sacrifices himself. Yeah, he picks Ralph up, and he's like, I'm going to hold you in the air, and I, you're going to, we're going to watch... Vanellope die yeah and he goes it's it's the end for you two and Ralph goes nope just me and like punches him and then starts flying towards the thing and says the towards the Mentos like fist first and he starts saying the I'm not a I'm a bad guy I'm bad the and affirmation that's good. does the affirmation mm-hmm. and he hits it and the Mentos start the thing and he's like falling the Mentos start to fall and he's falling and that's when Vanellope shows up and and, and I'm sobbing and glitches to catch him and get out of there so he sa- she saves him and then the beacon comes and all the cybugs go and then <laughs> the the king candy cybug is like what are you doing going towards the light and yeah he's like, and that's how that's yeah. how he ends but then fix it felix fixes the finish line so she can cross and then she's back in the game and we find out that she's princess vanellope and she is you know the leader of this game the rightful ruler and she decides to make herself a president because she still wants to play in the game and she still wants to be you know she wants to be with all the racers so she wants a democracy yes and then this is kind of where we get the wrap up where it's like they go back. The nice landers are nicer to, to Ralph. He goes back into the meeting. He's at a he meeting. He goes back to the meeting and says what happened. Says and everyone's the game really happy. is back. Everything's okay. Um, the nice landers are nice. They, Calhoun and Fix It Felix get married, and her side of the wedding has like guns pointed at the window so the cybugs just don't in come case back. The, just in case the cybugs come back yeah and then he talks about all the guys without game no longer have a the game the cuberts and everybody they invite them to wreck it ralph and they're on the bonus level now and now all the gamers are calling it a retro game because it has all these retro yeah. characters yeah and then everyone's playing likes the game more they build nice land 
East or whatever it is, which is like just off screen. Mm -hmm. But it's like he's like, I built myself my own shack and I built everybody else. And everybody else is like Felix builds everyone these nice townhouses. Yeah, he's like, I had help from Felix. And then the one that I assume is Ralph's like Ralph can't fit in there. Like, and I think he's happy. I thought he built that one for Cubert. I thought that was Cubert's. I thought that was Ralph's. Oh, I thought that was (laughs) Cubert's because Cubert was outside of it. He was at the door. I'd be ticked if like, I mean, that's nice, Ralph. I appreciate your... But like, I guess Kubert doesn't need that much space. Yeah, I Have don't know. Have you ever seen the movie Pixels with Adam Sandler? No. I don't know if it's any good. There's scenes from it I've seen, but it's like, you know those movies where like, like Galaxy Quest, where a TV broadcast goes out to space and then mm-hmm. like they, so video games go out to space and then the video games come back and attack. Like the aliens make them look like video games. Mm. And Kubert plays a big role in that. And uh, I don't know. We'll have to watch some scenes for that. But anyway, um, that was completely off topic. I was just thinking Kubert. But the the best part, the, how it ends, is uh, they all lift Ralph up. They which, all celebrate Ralph every now and again. And, which I think is their way of being nice to Ralph. Is like, yeah. hey, we have to throw you off the building, but you're the hero of this game as well. Like yeah, kind of like before they throw him off. Yeah. yeah, and he feels good. And he looks out and he gets the best view because he can see Vanellope and he can see her racing and he can see her winning and she looks back at him and it's a really great moment and that's how it ends. And then the the the, the post the credit scene is very cool because there's a lot of really cool video they they put all the characters into other video games so you get kind of these different styles of games and stuff. It's yeah. worth sitting through I think to watch. You told me <laughs> to ask you about Pac Man Fever. So. So in the 80s, there was a game called uh, Pac-Man. There was a song called Pac-Man Fever where it was a group called Buckner and Garcia. Um, did a, I think they did a bunch. They may have had a whole album called Pac-Man Fever. We had Pac-Man Fever single on a record. I played it. And it starts off with like, boop, 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 boop. And then it like goes into like a disco song. Okay. They wrote a song for Wreck-It Ralph called Wreck-It, Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, so that's So they've fun. got one, which I just think is, is interesting. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, we ask, uh, we have these questions we ask every single uh, episode. So let's go ahead and do that real quick. First off, uh, how was the princess? And the princess in this case is, of course. Ralph. Ralph. He was fantastic. He's my favorite Disney character. I love Ralph. Like, so much that you dressed as him for Halloween. We'll I have did. to put that picture up. Uh, yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I will say the one thing that was hardest about that was the hair. Yeah, was, I think we did pretty good. We did pretty good. Yeah, but that was the one where we went out and you were dressed as Miss Frizzle and I was like, listen, Tara, people are going to know who I am, but they might not know who you are. Nobody knew who I was and everybody knew. Like you won people second place. People wanted my autograph. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> as Miss Frizzle. <laughs> How was the prince? In this case, it was Vanellope von Schweetz, an actual Disney princess, I think. I don't know if she's in the Disney princess. I don't think she's in the line, but that's a a whole scene from the next movie is she goes and meets the the other princesses. princesses. Um, I loved her. I I loved her. I think she's also a very relatable character. You know, she has a similar story to Ralph and she she recognizes that she has this quirk, this glitch. And by the end, she learns to not only live with it, but to use it to her advantage and use it to appreciate the quirk, right? I think there's something really valuable yeah. in that lesson. Well, she doesn't lose the glitch. It becomes her superpower. Yeah. Um, I found her a little close to annoying because I think she does a lot of like toot jokes and poop. and. I think, she's, I think that is intentional. I think yeah, she's supposed well, to annoy Ralph. Well, and by proxy, she annoys me just a yeah. little bit. I, I like her a lot, but I think she comes real close to like kind of like duty PP 
poo-poo humor that I'm like, okay, like roll my eyes. Yeah, I get that. Um, but I, I mean, that's just how it is. I'm okay with that. Uh, sidekick henchman. I guess that'd be Calhoun and Felix, although they are, they're almost main characters. Yeah, and I guess it's Sour Bill. <laughs> he's the only like henchman. The donut cops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Calhoun and Felix are amazing. They, they're great. Mm-hmm. They're a great couple on screen. And I don't just mean like romantic. Like There's a good duo. They, they've got a good duo. Um, their romantic energy is really well done. I think in a way that was a lot of fun, but also, you know, considering it was like the love at first sight thing, but it's also done, I think really well. And I love, you know, fix it, Felix kind of having a more gentle feminine energy and, and she Calhoun gives him- having like the very strong, gruff masculine energy. And just to prove that the terms I've just used for those energies is incorrect, but yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And she gives him the honey glow, something the awful. The honey glows favorite musical number um uh i mean i I love the score and we talked about that a lot there's yeah i like the the songs that are in this i kind of like the skrillex song just because it's it's so perfect for this scene uh so i'm gonna say that that's my favorite just because it adds to that sensory overload and you can really it really puts you yeah. in Ralph's shoes in that moment. I think the Owl City song at the end is really good, but yeah. I mostly, more than anything, I love the main theme when yeah. they go into game, I keep forgetting, game central station. Mm-hmm. Um, does it hold up? Female character agency, I think is, you know, pretty, there's a lot of, of female characters in Sugar Rush, but like Calhoun is a very cool character to just go, okay, this is gonna be a woman. Not only is it a woman, it's Jane Lynch, who's amazing. Yeah, there's also female a female gamer who's highlighted. Yeah. She's the first person shooter and plays at the end, she plays as Vanellope in Sugar Rush. Uh so it's cool to see that. You know, there's there's a lot of different women in, in as the Nice Landers, although they don't really have as much of a they don't play as much of a part. But well, so going to the next part, the ethnic representation. There's not much of a diversity in this film, and like yeah. it would have been nice to see some like the Nice Landers could have been a little more ethnically diverse. I, it bothered me that Mindy Kaling wasn't playing an Indian. Is she Indian or she's Indian? She's not Pakistani. She's Indian, I believe. I think so. But a Southeast Asian. Like why wasn't Taff? Why was Taff playing a, white a very girl? white girl, like blonde platinum and, highlight? And, and, and which and I think that's fine for her to do that. Yeah, she can play whatever character she wants, but it would have been nice to have more diversity. Why did that character have to be white? Yeah, why, like there was. I think most of the racers were white. I don't know. I think that the whole thing could have had a little with 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 the nice landers and with the the sugar rush racers and with either of any of the main characters could have had well, some more ethnic even, diversity. Calhoun's group of men I I think they're white mostly dude. white too I also thought about like and I guess they're all supposed to look like the same grunt oh I guess that's but true like, for them color their, their ethnic representation I think could have been varied but like I when I first saw it I was like why is she the only woman yeah but anyway there's a little bit of tokenism in there but I, I think it's a good step and it's also you know a 10 year old movie at this point mm-hmm. drinking and smoking don't think there was any guns and firearms uh, I mean there's lasers and yeah we were you trying to remember a it was root beer. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are now going to do our infallible scientific villain ranking. The infallible scientific villains ranking was designed and created by top scientists working together to establish the perfect method of devising a villain's relative knavery, cunning, and vileness. Each evildoer is judged in seven categories on a scale of one to five. The averages of each category are added up, and the resulting villain ranking tells us exactly where each ne'er-do-well belongs. 
Whether it's at the top with our queen Ursula, or at the bottom with Aconcagua, the grumpy mountain of Saludos Amigos. Here are the seven categories. Number one, frightening. How scary is this villain? Number two, funny. How often did this villain make you laugh? Number three, fierce. How much attitude, sass, and sense of style does this villain have? Number four, effective. How grand was their evil plan and how well did they execute it? Number five, design. How awesome does this villain look? Number six, go away heat. How much did you honestly hate this villain and want them to be off your screen as quickly as possible? And number seven, yes factor. Whenever Tara sees a villain she loves first appear on screen, she says, Yes! How often did you find yourself missing this villain's presence when they weren't on screen? Follow along at home and let us know your own villain scores. And now back to the podcast. Yes. For King Candy. Mm-hmm. Frightening. Okay, I think he, he the face. I wish I could take a picture of the face you're giving. Um, it, it was definitely a, like you're about to be like. I think he's pretty frightening. I like, yeah. I think when he turns, I think when he shows his true self, and when he's turbo. I think he's creepier when he's. I think he's pretty creepy as a cyborg, but he's creepiest when he's like f- glitching between turbo and yes, when he's attacking Vanellope. He's between a four and a five for me. I think. Yeah, I think I'll give him a four. I'm going to give him a four as well. I, I, was, might, I wanted to give him a five, but I think I'll give him a four. I think the first time I saw it, he was a five, but now... But I think he also is silly and goofy and dopey. Right, which leads us into our next one, which I think he's a five on funny. I think he's a complete fool. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, I'll give him a five. You give him whatever I was you want. Tra- you, well, I was Tara, trying to think. I'm going to give Tara. him a four. I'm going to okay, give him a four. Great. I love it when you give different scores to me. Fierce. Uh... One on fears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's, he's not fears no, at no, all. No, 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 no. He's he's a goofball McGillicuddy who I think only reveals himself d- as a scary villain at the end. And so he also doesn't have a lot of pomp and circumstance, even though he's the king, right? Like to give him any kind of swagger. Yes. Now, effective. So one could argue I that he's, he's very effective because yeah. he's transformed the whole world into thinking he's the king and the ruler and he's gotten everybody to forget that Vanellope, like everyone's very mean to Vanellope. No one remembers that she was the original ruler. Right. And he stopped her from racing until someone from another game. If Ralph never goes in that game, nothing ever changes. Right. And I also think what's effective about him is he gets Ralph to like do his dirty work for him at one point. Yeah, because he pulls on Ralph's heartstrings. And I think he's, he's, you know, I know how the movie ends, so... It didn't fool me this time, but like I think you think like oh gosh, like like he he doesn't seem he seems sincere in that moment to the audience as well. Yeah, they yeah. When you sincere. realize he's turbo, like I remember not seeing that coming. I think he's he's at least a four for me. Yeah, I feel like it's hard because in the past I feel like I've overrated people's effectiveness. Which I mean, if we've I rated mean, I think Ursula high as effective, I think he should be. I think yeah, he he's main, a five. I think he does what Ursula does, which isn't. Always keep he gets his way for a long the the majority of the the majority of the The point of the movie is he has gotten his way and he has won and someone has taken away from him. So I'm going to give him a five. And he's also closed down two games. (laughs) Well, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's effective. effective, But but yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I think he's a five Um, design. I, I think he's a three. Like. One, he's kind of, I mean, I want to give him some points, but also take away points because he's basically aping. The Mad Hatter. He's Ed Wynn. So there's like it's 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 cool that they're using that, but it's also like 
yeah. don't get full points for copying someone. I in my think mind. where the design plays for me is when he becomes the cybug. That design is horrifying, and I think points should be given for that. But I'm with you. I th- I think I'm leaning towards a three overall. Okay. But I I do think that's where I think his design is more interesting. Okay. Go away, Heat. Ugh. Oh, does he have a lot for you? Not until he's not until that switch, That's, which is towards the end. So what is he for you? I want to get your number first because I feel like you you. I don't want to say steal my number, but sometimes I feel like it in it. Influences, influences my number, and I want to. I want you. To, I want this to be pure. It's between a two and a three. Okay. But I will say, he makes me laugh for such a good part of the movie that That's, I don't well, mind that, that he's on the screen. Take away from Go Away Heat. That's what I'm saying. Yes, it does take away from Go Away Heat. No, no, no. I think. But there, just think about the parts where you want him to not be on screen, because what that does to me is adds to yes factor. Oh, then a a three. Okay, you're gonna give him a three. I'm gonna give him a two. Mm. Um. And then I'm going to give him a yes factor of four. I love King Candy. I do the voice. I mean, and yeah. a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's playing on that Edwin energy. But yeah, I love Edwin. And so that's that's part of it. I don't know that I. Well, I did at one point, I think, say I love King Candy. So he's a really good villain. I think I'm going to give him a four. I think he does the thing that Hans does. But better. Like Hans is kind of a nothing character till you realize he's betrayed. Uh, spoiler. We're on a Disney podcast. <laughs> but like King Candy, you like King Candy, and he's like, by the way. Yeah. And so um, so that gives him, folks, a a high score. Twenty-four. And I will see where that puts him. King Candy is tied for, I believe, seventeenth place with Madame Medusa. Oh, I think he's in good company with so her because she kind of goes off the rails like he does. Yeah. He's above Hades. Mm. I think some of the other ones should be, maybe it's their effectiveness. Like you said, I think the big thing going for him in this is a, is effectiveness. Agreed. We rated her high because she was endangering children too. Madame Medusa, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So that, uh, you know, it, I, I we we own it. Do, yeah, we you keep it. it. It doesn't go in the. It doesn't go in the vault. It Absolutely definitely goes not. on the shelf. It is on. It will go back on the shelf as soon as this is over. And honestly, even though I don't think I've watched it since we watched it in the theater, I think it's one that I need to include in my rotation of if I'm not feeling well because I really enjoy it and I think I just forget about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it definitely like feels like more of a me movie, but I think it, it, it's good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like sometimes it feels like. I don't watch things that I think you and I would enjoy because I want to save it for a time when it's you and I. Yeah. And I think this falls under that for you. Mm-hmm. But like... But for you, it's a little different. And I think it is one I would rewatch on my own, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I uh, hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. I certainly know uh, I did. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited for our next episode because we're finally going to check out uh, a mini tale on Tron Legacy, continuing our little video game. Um twofer on this one yes and uh we will see you then all right take care listeners game over yeah (laughs) thanks for listening to tara and ryan's princess diaries if you've got a disney story to share a bone to pick with us or just want to say hello call the princess diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD-1 that's 707-968-7731 you can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. 
tweet at us at TRP Diaries on Twitter or check out our Instagram at TR Princess Diaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash TR Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Check out pods.link slash trprincessdiaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh